everybody, welcome to episode 11 of Like a Street Photography Collective. I'm Ricky, and today I have a guest, Matt Steffens. Uh, so why don't you tell the listeners a little about yourself? Yeah, hi. Um, thanks for having me on your show. Um, it's great to be here. Uh, I'm Matt Steffens. Uh, I'm a Denver area street photographer. Um, yeah, I've been, I've been shooting since about 2008. Uh, I kind of got my start in wedding photography. Did that for probably eight years. Um, yeah, really kind of started there. Moved into uh, some commercial work, real estate, and then kind of finally found where like my true passion lies was street photography. Nice. Um, I guess that's all of our passion because that's why the the podcast was created. Um, yeah. It's really weird. Like, I say it's really weird a lot. It's not really weird. It's just <laughs> a bad speech habit I have. Uh, but. I guess most people, they, they never really just start off shooting street photography unless nah. you're like Joel Meyerowitz's son or whatever and you, you're introduced <laughs> to it right off the bat. But, um, you know, so many different aspects of street photography and I was kind of doing it and I didn't know it was really street photography back then. Uh, and this is years ago, but um, when I finally found out what it was and, and how the genre how great it is it was like oh wow this is street photography yeah so where are you born and raised in denver you know um so i was born in illinois oh what part yeah uh, uh lake forest okay so a little bit outside of chicago i honestly don't remember illinois that much um lived in uh wisconsin for a quick little stint there and then i moved to colorado when i was five um, then I had a whole slew of little moves in between everything. So I was in, uh, I was in, um, Minnesota for a year and a half. I lived in Michigan for like six months, uh, Maine for another two years. And every time I just keep coming back. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to stay away from this place. It's amazing. So you, you really love Denver, it seems. And you've been to all yeah. the, the Chicago Bears rival teams, so. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, so what is it about Denver? You know, I mean, like, I, I spent most of my life here, so it was just kind of that, like, this is home feeling to it. But, I mean, it would, if it, if it had an ocean, it would be the perfect place, you know? Okay. Um, the outdoor scene here is incredible. Like, you know, we're always hiking, camping, um, you know, just doing anything outdoors, mountain biking, um, it's 360 days of sunshine here, so it's hard not to love it. Um, the air, did, know, it, when, did it take you a, a while to get used to Because they say what, the air is thinner up there? Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm pretty used to it. Um, I tried to climb 14er like, like a month or so ago, and I still got some altitude sickness. So even when you're out here, it still kind of gets to you. But, um, yeah, I mean... For all those people who are coming out here and a whim and trying to climb some mountains, it's rough for them. Um, <laughs> so I will not be doing that. Eh, it's fun, you know. Okay. Just take a couple days, drink a lot of water, you'll be fine. <laughs> I'll try it one day, maybe. Nice. Uh, so you gave us a little backstop on what kind of genres of photography you started off. But when did you start <laughs> photography? Like what year? How old were you? What <laughs> What made you interested to pick up a camera? So I. And I, I want to say it was 2008 that I, I 
really started photography. Um, if I really want to be honest, it started earlier than that. Um, my dad, my uncle, they were always doing photography. Anytime we had family vacations, I remember them um, walking around with a backpack full of like old film photo gear, like hauling their tripods and like 20 lenses a piece around. And I just thought they were like the absolute like pinnacle of photographers. Like they were hands down like my biggest inspiration, like starting out. And like from when I was a kid, there's always this like mystical like magic to it. And I'm like, that is amazing. I would love to do that. Um, and then I remember I grabbed a camera one day and my dad put some film in it and he just let me play around with it. Uh, and I took a picture of a Christmas tree in a dark room and like this is like a $20 camera it's nothing fancy and so I was stoked I'm like this is gonna be a beautiful photo and I got the, the roll back and it was just it was you could barely see like the little twinkle <laughs> lights it was just god awful and I was like well I am not a photographer <laughs> not yet so, <laughs> yeah so it was very di disappointing you know and especially like my dad and my uncle I was just like oh my god and so um yeah, and so from there, I just never really touched it. I just figured it was, like, out of reach of something I could do in life. And so, you know, fast forward into college. Um, I, I, I went to school for graphic design. I'm a graphic designer by trade here. Me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny how the two, like, kind of go, go together sometimes, mm -hmm. right? It um, made uh, photo editing a lot easier once you learn yeah. all the your way around Photoshop, so... Exactly. I mean, that that's part of the reason I got into the graphic design is I wanted to learn how to, um, like, you know, edit photos. And then I really jumped into photography because I, I hated stock photography. You know, you can never quite find what you wanted. So I was like, well, if I can learn how to do that, I can, like, you know, I can make the photos for, for the work. So I could do it um, on my own. Yeah, I kind of started doing that. But then we had a, a digital imaging course in college and, uh, we got approached by the local news station. They were doing this um, online database for like all the hotspots and like events happening around Denver. And so instead of like hiring professionals, they did, like we're gonna like you know use some college students paying two dollars a venue and like huge like huge massive list. So I spent like three months of like my college years going out every night to these like bars and clubs and like, little hotspots around Denver taking photos and, you know, making like $150. Um, so, hey, that's, that's yeah, something. you know, it, it was fun. It was a good start. It was kind of like just a way of getting my feet wet. And then I realized I loved it. Um, you know, the money wasn't like what I wanted, but I was like, you know, this, this is fun. I can be passionate about this. So I bought myself a, a Nikon D40. Yeah. Um, you know, nothing fancy, but just kind of got going with that. Um, and then uh, my, my partner at the time, um, you know, her and I, we were talking and we were both passionate about photography and we're like, you know, let's, let's start a business. Let's jump into weddings. And, you know, we're, we're young. We had a lot of friends. Um, they were getting married and getting engaged at the time. So, you know, we just jumped in, took our, I had a D40, she had a D80 and, you know, started running around town, taking crazy little pictures, crazy stupid angles, you know, doing terrible job editing our photos, <laughs> all that good stuff. And it just kind of blew up from there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, like, I'm not no longer with that girl, but, you know, I continued on with my journey in photography and, you know, I kept with weddings for about eight years. 
Um, eventually, I kind of lost passion for that, and so <laughs> I moved into. Um, yeah, it happens. Oh but, yeah. Uh, it. Uh, <laughs> I moved into commercial work. I moved into real estate work. Um, did that for a while, but it was never quite that like never grabbing me the way I wanted to. It felt more like a. It was like a job, and it felt like a passion. And so it was a lot of like soul searching, trying to figure out what I wanted from it. Um, and then I guess as far as street photography goes, that's kind of a, a long, long little journey along that. We'll, we'll get there so, in, a, in a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you said you, you had horrible editing techniques. Were you one of those people that vignetted their images all the way to the left so they get that <laughs> nice, super dark circle on, on the borders? You know, I, I did that for a while. Um, I don't know if you remember, like, that Lux trend where it was, like, this just disgusting pea yellow <laughs> uh, filter across the top of it. I did that for a while. Um, you know, I took the black point and cranked it all the way up for a bit. And just, you know, there's no black all of them. Yeah. No way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I touched them all, you know. I did that. <laughs> I was a, a really big fan of the cross-processing look. So I liked that, like, that... Uh -huh. that tealish greenish hue color yeah, yeah. Uh, but that didn't last very long i started taking courses and like how to make your like pictures look better and the more i was going getting into it the more i started hating all those techniques yeah. that i was doing i was like why would i do this uh but that's neither <laughs> here nor there that's just you know everybody yeah, yeah. they find their creative looks and this is no shot at photographers that likes vignettes, so if you like them, continue oh, yeah. using them. Uh, no, I mean, there, there's, there's a whole market for it, and, like, especially when you're starting out, there's, like, trends, you know? You do oh, yeah. one cause, because it's, like, what you see, and it's awesome, right? Um, I think there's, like, a certain point when you, like, as you grow as a photographer, you start looking at some of the greats, and you start getting this, like, feeling that you want to follow, like, a, like a more of a timeless type of look, right? Oh, yeah. There's a time and place for, like, experimental editing, but I think you kind of eventually start to pull back a little yeah once you evolve and i like to say grow into your photography become more mature with it you start doing yeah. less of the uh like you said the trendy looks yeah. so you did mention your first experience was a christmas tree on film do you still shoot film no <laughs> okay i don't i don't um save yeah, yourself a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> i wish i could say i'm a photographer who shoots film and i yeah, I definitely got to the core of photography and all that, but now um, I've been a digital shooter pretty much all my life. I had like hopes and dreams and aspirations of like building my own camera at some point and just like diving into film that way. But yeah, I never, never really you know picked up a roll of film and went down that path. So, have you seen those uh, build your own camera books? It's like six dollars yeah. and it's just pretty much cardboard and plastic and. <laughs> just like a pinhole yeah yeah that's yeah. a good way to build your own camera <laughs> well so i used to i used to build guitars oh nice and so like i was um for a while there i was pretty hell-bent i'm like if i can build a guitar i can build a camera yeah and so like just trying to figure that out and it's i don't know like dora goodman i got really inspired by her for a while with her like building her own cameras and okay. um yeah i just never quite got there so well, if you do, I would like to see how it works because I'm, I'm interested in seeing all kinds of, of new things in life. Right on. I'll, I'll definitely, uh, definitely keep you in the loop if I get there. 
So now we'll get into your, when did you first encounter street photography? Um, why did you choose street photography? What about it interests you? What inspires you? Um, yeah, we'll start off with uh, when you first ex- discovered street photography. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, street photography is one of those things that it's, like, always there. You know, like, you, you know it's there, but you don't know it's there. Um, you see a lot of, like, legendary photographs and, like, you, you get it, but you, you don't, like, when you're younger. Um, for me, like, when I really first picked up on street photography, I want to say it was about 2010, I was in New Orleans, and I was actually, it was actually a wedding, uh, conference out there, um, and one of the speakers started talking about street photography and how they, um, how they used it to kind of train themselves for wedding photography, and I was like, oh, that's a cool idea, so I started listening, and I was like, wow, this is, like, this is a really cool approach, so... The next morning, I got, I was super excited. I grabbed my 5D Mark I, you know, my little 50 millimeter 1.4 lens and went out on the street. No, no clue what I was doing, but, um, Just taking pictures of anything and everything. Anything and everything. And I, and I freaking loved it, man. It was awesome. Um, you know, some of those photos, I still look back on those and I was like, those were amazing just because like, I didn't know what I was doing. And like, sometimes that's where your best work comes from, you know? Um, we're just experimenting and trying things. So I, that was really my first, um, first experience doing it personally. Now, when I got back, I did absolutely nothing with it. You know, like I sat there, uh, I didn't, I didn't go out on the street, even though I had a blast, I had the time of my life, you know, like the inspiration was flowing. I didn't do anything. Um, and then it took probably, probably three more years to like go out and go downtown Denver. Uh, I had a buddy who was a photographer. We went out and just kind of you know, shot, saw what happened. And again, it was kind of that same idea. It was like, I had a blast. I loved it. I felt inspired. And you know what I did? I didn't do anything. <laughs> I sat there and I didn't like post pictures. I didn't do anything with it. I just kind of sat on it and I just kept making excuses and like finding reasons not to go out. And I was like, oh, gas money is too expensive. You know, it's a half hour drive downtown. And it's just a lot of excuses not to go shoot. Um, I have that trouble sometimes. I'm like, I really want to go shoot today. And then I don't know why I talk myself out of it. Like, oh, there's not going to be nothing to shoot out there. I know I was there last time. Like you said, I I just don't want to (laughs) drive. And I, I beat myself up at the end of the day because I'm like, I'm sitting on my couch watching Netflix and I'm like, Man, I could have just took this hour and I could have went walking around yeah. and just taking pictures. So uh, that's something yeah. I'm trying to work on becoming better with. I don't do it all the time, but I don't want to do it. I think that's the point of that. But uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, no, no. You're good. I mean, like, it's it's the same thing for me. You know, like, I, I really want to get up and shoot this morning. And instead, like, I end up hitting my dog. And, you know, I still love, like, my mornings hitting my dog, drink my coffee, talk to my wife. And, like, it's great. Um, but, yeah, sometimes you just kind of sit there like, man, I just wasted an hour, like, where I could have been creative and really getting the day started. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the juice is flowing. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. That's interesting. Um, that's an interesting approach because um, I occasionally do like portrait photography shoots as well, mm-hmm. and I always try to 
incorporate some like street style candid um, moment in there. Uh, I don't mind the posing, but I'm not really an expert in that area. So I just try to look for something that looks natural. Yeah. Uh, so how you mentioned when you heard that speaker talk to street photography as a tool to improve his wedding photography. That's interesting. I'm, that's the first time I've heard someone recommend it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a very similar approach, you know, like very documentary, like photojournalistic type of work and, um, you know, shooting moments, you're, you're expecting something to happen and sometimes you wait, something happens, sometimes you wait and nothing happens and it's very, it's a very good exercise of patience and, you know, definitely kind of transcends across the two. Um, definitely yeah. a lot of patience. I was in Tokyo last weekend, uh, which is why I didn't upload a episode for this podcast last week, which I try to do once a week. But uh, I found myself really more uh, focusing on eye exercises, just looking for certain things because uh, you can only take a picture of a person walking with an umbrella so many times before it, it's just the same photo. So yeah, I, was, yeah. I was really looking for um, just eye exercise training, you know. Uh, I didn't take too many photos. But that's a lie. I really did because <laughs> I'm in school. But it was more because I was trigger happy and it was really refreshing to actually be out of the house instead of doing homework. Uh, yeah. But I didn't. what I mean by I didn't take too many pictures was I didn't take too many pictures of good content. Uh, but it was still, it was fun. Uh, but yeah, I was just really yeah, I mean, focused on you know, sometimes the, the best content is like, you know, or the best time shooting is the time when you get like no photos, right? Yeah. You know, I feel like I learn a lot today is that I come home with nothing. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Even if you get no photos or good photos, because you'll take one photo, but like when we say that, obviously street photographers means like a really good photo. Um, mm-hmm. At least you were there and you experienced it, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, uh, before we go on, I would like for you to plug your Instagram. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, so, my Instagram is at Matthew.Steffens. If you could spell just, that just, for just, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, It's uh, M-A-T-T-H-E-W dot S-T-E-A-F-F-E-N-S. All right, there we go. So, this is a really... A uh, great photographer. He has. Uh, I noticed he only shoot black and white, like myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before we go on to what I was going to ask you, what inspired you to be a black and white photographer? Um, it's just. It's it was kind of a journey, you know. So when I when I first started really taking street photography serious. Um, I, I kind of, I pulled back and I didn't go into it like, you know, just diving straight into it. I kind of went in with a plan of like, like experimentation. I didn't, I wanted to make sure that this was something that I was very interested in and that I wanted to really invest my time in. So I kind of took some time to like go out on the street and just be very open-minded and just see like see how I'm seeing the world and see what's resonating with me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't try to emulate anybody. I didn't try to like get too much inspiration and be like I'm gonna be like like Joel Merowitz, right? I'm not or 
your earth, like, I'm going to be Dan Ho, or, you know, I'm going to be the next Saul Lighter kind of thing. Um, you know, I just wanted to just see where the journey took me. And so, like, early on, I was doing a lot of color stuff. I was doing a lot of black and white stuff. And it just kind of, the black and white naturally came to me. It was very, like, an organic feeling. I loved um, how... Like, I just love the dramatic, high-contrast look and feel. And so, like, I tried, like, you know, very, like, whimsical, like, bright stuff. I, I, I just was never quite the same, like, attracted to it the same. So the black and white stuff really grabbed me. Um, one of the one of the photographer, uh, Sebastio Salgado, I don't know if you I have not, know him. I do not. Um, he's, a, he's a phenomenal photographer. He does these high-contrast... Um, uh, photos. He did a lot of stuff. He's, he's Brazilian. Um, he traveled around the world going to, you know, he had to go through tribes and these beautiful landscapes. And it was just absolutely incredible work. And I think if you uh, check his stuff out, um, you'll kind of see like a really strong like influence in my work, kind of where I came from with that. Mm -hmm. It was always something I wanted to kind of try in my work, but shooting weddings and, like, all the other stuff, I, I didn't really have that flexibility to go, like, the really high-contrast route with it. So, um, you know, it just, but for me, it was very natural progression towards black and white. It was just what I was, I gravitated towards. Okay. So, um, I'm guessing you started off with color, and then you just transitioned into black and white? Yeah, yeah. Earlier, it was, um, if you look my way back at my Instagram, um, it was black and white color. They're all mixed together. And then there's just like, there's a very like defined point where it just stopped yeah. being color. Yeah. And I stopped, I just did not want to edit. Like I kept, you know, it was a, you know, five black and whites and one color. And then at a certain point I was like, why do I just keep trying to throw a color in here? I'm just like, I'm just screwing it up. So, you know, I was just like, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go down. I'm just going to dedicate what I'm doing right now to black and white, you know, down the line. I'm sure I'll like go back to color at some point, but oh, yeah. it's, uh, it's just not where my, my, my heart and my passion is. I really, I really think there is like something special to a really good black and white photo. I, I don't think cause uh, me and you are similar in, in that aspect, shooting beginning in color and then moving into black and white. It's just like a light switch. It turned on, and I completely lost all interest in color. I don't. I don't even consider shooting color when I'm in the street. And um, sometimes I'm like, man, that, if only you can see the colors in black and white. But that's what makes it so interesting, right? Uh, but I, I don't think I would ever shoot color again. I, no. I just, I don't. I'm not interested. Plus, yeah. I, I shoot with the M10 monochrome, so yeah. I don't have an option. Well, <laughs> that's uh, kind of... So, I do have the M10 monochrome, but I also have an M10P. But mm. I hardly use the M10P because I don't want that uh, temptation of color to, to try to yeah. sneak back in there. Um, but I did use it in Tokyo, and I wasn't even tempted to even look at a color... Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's weird how it, like, grabs you and pulls you in, you know? Like, I got, um, I shoot the Leica Q, um, and, like, sometimes I'll turn it on monochrome so I'm not, like, mm -hmm. seeing the color in the photos. Um, sometimes I'll still shoot color just because I, I like seeing that way, but also, okay. um, you know, anytime I go edit a photo and put it in color, I'm just, like, it's, it's underwhelming to me. 
and it just doesn't have that same impact. I don't enjoy editing it the same. It feels more like a task than like an excitement. I'm mm. not pulling it out and I'm like, yes, this is this is happening the way I want it to, you know? So it's me like really identifying like, you know, black and white is in my head constantly. Yeah. Even when you shoot in color and you um, convert it to black and white, black and white, uh, yeah. for some reason even the the contrast the shadows the highlights they're not the same no, no. so what i noticed was um when i because i only shoot color photos of my daughter everybody who listens to this knows that um, so i i produce the the color photo first and then i'll go back and i'll do the black and white just because it's an easier process to do that way um, so I'll set it up and I get everything to my, to my liking and the color. I'm like, okay, this is acceptable. Uh, and then when I'm ready to post process it in black and white, I'll convert it, but I have to start from scratch cause it's, it doesn't convert the same. So like yeah. the shadows are not the same as they were with the colors and back and forth. So, yeah, uh, it is, a, yeah, it's a difficult process. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. Uh, so thank you, Leica, for making monochrome dedicated sensors. I say monochrome. I don't know why. I don't know if it's monochrome or monochrome. We'll just say black and white dedicated sensors. Yeah, Keep it simple. All right. All right. <laughs> I thank him for that. Um, I lost what I was going to say. Um, but anyway, we'll move on. So I picked one of your photos. I really like this one because yeah. it's... Uh, it, you'll explain it, but... I, it, just to give the listeners a, a little quick snapshot of what photo we're looking at. Um, it's looking down at like a family and you can see the family and then their shadows perfectly. Um, almost like a mirrored image. So uh, something, because I always ask my pe- friends and listeners for feedback so I can improve the podcast because um, this is for them. They don't want to just hear me talk for whatever, but uh Tell us a little about the photo, uh, what you remember, where it was taken, what inspired you. Um, some people like to know the settings you used. So sure. if you remember any of that, feel free. <laughs> uh, and now the floor is yours. Sure. Um, so this particular photo, um, it was shot at the pavilions in Denver. So it's, uh, if anyone's familiar with 16th Street Mall, it's about halfway down the mall. It's a big outdoor kind of mall. There's buses going up and down it. Um, it's kind of a big central location for a lot of people to go. So this is an outdoor strip mall. It's about three stories high. Um, uh, this day in particular, I was out with a street photography buddy, Rudy Ortega, and we were just kind of doing our thing that day. And he, he was really kind of doing his thing and an apart on the corner there, getting some good stuff. And I just kind of decided to take a break and just kind of wander off for a bit. I went up to the third level just to see what was happening, hung out there for a while, um, made out made my way down to the, the second level, and I was just hanging out on this balcony. And, you know, I just wanted to take a break and just um, disconnect from a second from taking photos, you know. And... I started looking around and I really like these shadows I saw from the people were just like beautiful and kind of whimsical. And, um, it was pretty close to like standard like proportions, but there's still a little stretch and skewed. And I really just really loved the look of it. So I was watching people going, going by and, um, I was just like, you know, this is, this is something worth exploring and playing with. So 
Um, I sat there for a while and just kind of waited for like the right people to come in the right spot. And this little family came through and, um, you know, I, for me, it was, it was pretty quick. It was just, you know, saw it, got excited, snapped the photo. Um, this photo is actually, this is upside down from the way it was actually taken. So I did full rotation on it to put the, uh, people, the shadows right side up. Um, because I, I like the shadows a lot more than I like the people. Um, and this technique actually, so this was inspired, uh, do you, do you know Alan Schaller? I do know Alan Schaller. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I got love him or no personally. <laughs> no, no, I, I know who he is. I don't know him personally. Uh, I, I, I kind of giggled because I, I have a little group chat with some friends, and he's like Voldemort for, for us. <laughs> it, there's a long backstory behind it, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no So he, um, he does this thing. He's like kind of like an aerial type photo where you can kind of see. Um, like this huge scene of people kind of coming through and um, it's just kind of beautiful and whimsical and I actually found it kind of inspiring so I was like alright I like this um, and then so when I saw these shadows I was like oh like that's kind of like that and kind of made me want to explore it a little bit and play around with it um, I guess as far as like settings go I think I was probably around uh, at, somewhere between F8 and F11 that's normally where I shoot um, ISO is probably set at 800, and I want to say it's probably around 500 of a second, but um, I honestly can't remember 100%. Oh, I'm just no, kind of no worries. Usually, uh, usually sitting around there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So is this, uh, like, because I know, like, the camera only captures what it sees, but sure. we, cap we, use the cap we use the camera to capture what we see. Yeah. When you were... Uh, patiently waiting in your little spot. Where you, is this how you originally envisioned the image in your head? Um, I feel like it's it's close. Yeah, I mean, like I I remember like editing, and there's some pieces of it that weren't quite like fitting in where I wanted it to. But I think there is um, there's like a piece of it of like just acceptance you know like um if you if you build too much of like something in your head then you're never going to quite achieve it mm -hmm. and it'll kind of be forced so like you know understand like this is kind of the moment that was presented to me um in the time so i don't i don't know i don't think i would have changed too much in the moment okay um to, like yeah with the process though of like finishing the photo like I said, this is like rotated 180 degrees. Um, it's cropped in a little bit just to kind of get the shadows where I wanted to. So I'm not like a photo purist where like I have to nail it in camera and have it perfect. Okay. Um, so, yeah. No worries. It's it's really good. You got your creative style down um, packed. So you, you didn't mention you were fishing. Very common technique in the street photography. Yeah. And... So I have this really bad luck where I'll be fishing and obviously I don't I'm not getting nothing so I'll like all right let me see what I got or I'll look on something on my phone and as soon as I look up I miss the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ha yeah. Ha has that happened to you? <laughs> so 
Cell phones and chimping kills your moment, so don't do it. <laughs> yeah, don't don't do it. Um, yeah, unless you want to miss a moment, don't do it. Um, yeah, I mean it happens all the time, you know. And I think it's just part of the process, you know. Like I'll pull my pull my phone out. Typically, if I'm like on the street and I'm like waiting for something and nothing's happening, I'm sitting there for a half hour, forty five minutes in a spot. And I'm just like, okay, like I you know, pull out my phone. Generally, I push it, put the phone on top of the shutter button yeah. in case, like, the moment, like, unfolds, like, right in front of me. And so then I can just, like, push the weight down, and then it's, like, perfect. Like, all right, I didn't miss it. Um, but, yeah, it still happens. Well, that's so. a, a good technique I never heard of. Uh, and now you probably just introduce that to the whole world so now everybody's gonna be walking around with cell phones. <laughs> like, hey look no, what I, I mean, took <laughs> that, that it actually worked out for me really well once to the point that like um I'd be fishing in corners and I didn't I didn't want people to like like why is this guy just randomly standing there with a camera and so like I just sat there and I put the camera on the shutter button and like waiting like I got everything pre-composed and like all settings locked in and I knew exactly where I wanted to be and so then I'm just staring at my phone and I'm like all right there they are there they are and they like, push it down get the photo it's like yeah you know <laughs> it's like um it's kind of weird but it works so whatever works right yeah so the method on which you connect with your subjects um is it like Capturing the photo at the most best moment, do you think it's skill or luck? Like how do you how do you feel? What's your best moment? Thought process. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I wanna say it's it's a bit of both, but um, I think so for me there's there's pieces of of being a photographer that you in order to create art you have to have intent, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you're just like running around, you know, shooting your camera off every which way you go and like, it's just, it's not like a true moment. It's not thought through. Like if somebody walks up to you and is like, Hey, what are you taking photos of? And you can't answer that. Like that's a problem. Um, so I do, th- I do think it, it's skill. Um, you know, if you're doing it right, you're thinking through what you're doing. You're picking things out for a reason. Um, you know, there's skills and patience and pre-visualization. Um, with that, with street photography, nothing would be done without chance. Because if you're not, if you're out there looking for things, like, you have to have a subject that comes into the frame for some reason, right? And that's not necessarily something you can always control. So, especially fishing, like, you know, you'll sit there for... You know, maybe it'll be two minutes and you can nail something straight off, right? Maybe it'll be 45 minutes and you won't get anything at all. But that's kind of where I feel like that chance comes in, where you get the right subject at the right time. Um, I think there's other pieces to that, though. Like, you can kind of enhance your chances. Um, so, for, like, example, if you're standing like in the middle of a sidewalk and you see this amazing light on a wall, right? And you want somebody in that light. Um, you're smack in the middle of that sidewalk. People are going to take that path of least resistance. And for them, that path of least resistance is going behind you. Right. Oh yeah. So you can, 
something that I've worked on is actually like manipulating how people walk. <laughs> and so oh, now you like, gotta I'll, tell. Do tell. Yeah, yeah. So like I figure out like the scene that I want. I figure out where like the light is, I figure out the composition that I want, and then I figure out how to position myself within those elements to make them go where I want them to go. Right. And so typically if I'm like on a sidewalk, I'm gonna back up to the curve of the street. And people make a decision. They're like, oh, I don't want to be in this guy's photo. I don't want to walk in the street. I want to go in front of the camera. So, like, they make that conscious decision. Um, And so there's kind of, like, like, if people say, hey, don't want to be in your photo, like, I always respect that. You know, if they know I'm trying to take a picture of somebody walking through. Uh, 100% respect that. Like, that's cool. If someone's like, oh, I don't want to get in your shot, I'm like, oh, no, you're fine. Go on through, you know? Yeah, they don't know it's their shot. (laughs) Yeah, they think that they're, like, in your way. And so, that's oh, you're totally fine. You're good. Um, and then you get the people who just don't care, and they walk through anyways. And that's the people I love, because that's the ones I want. Like, they keep doing what they're doing. They don't care. Like, they're going across their business, you know? It's, like, powering to them, because they messed up my shot. They look confident. They feel good. And I'm like, hey, I got what I want. You kept going. Thank you very much. And we're all on our way. Yeah. So... <laughs> Fuck your photo. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It definitely happens. So. Oh yeah, that that used to be one of my biggest pet peeves when I was a a landscape photographer way 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 back many moons ago. But you yeah. would you would sit there and wait for like ten twenty minutes because people they just didn't care to fuck your photo and they would just walk through your your picture and you, you gotta have the patience. Uh, what and then just. Fast forwarding, there's actually techniques to um, in Photoshop where you can just take pictures. Even if one person walks through, you can edit them out with some like merging software. So it's pretty cool. Photoshop's yeah. awesome, uh, but obviously when you don't know that that exists, you're you're gonna wait there for those rude ass people to just like, can I take my photo right quick? No. Yeah. All right then. Okay. But you know. <laughs> When you go into street photography, you want to take the pictures of those people. So, yeah. how the tables have turned. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting how that changes. And, like, that's the great thing I think about, at least the way I like to, to approach it, is people think I'm taking pictures of the town. They don't think I'm taking pictures of them. And so, they're like, oh, you know, he's a landscape. I'm just going to get through real quick. Or, you yeah. know, so it's very, it's kind of a different way of doing it. But That was an eye-opening experience when I realized... Um, shooting with the person who taught me about street photography and because he would blatantly just put the you know camera right in person's face and they would still think that they were in his, the way of his camera like they didn't know yeah. he was taking their photo but so their reactions i was like wow like this is real like that just happened like wow mm-hmm. uh but then there's people that obviously know you took their photo and then they get all rude and butthurt about it but yeah this is not it's, a it's, no, but yeah, I mean that—that's the thing. Like, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of anxiety around kind of like people and being able to just go up to people and just like take their photo and it being okay. And most people don't care; they don't even know. And but like for me, especially like I, I got a lot of like social anxiety, and I like go out into groups of people and try to do that. I'm like, oh god, everyone's looking at me. They're all like, <laughs> why is this guy doing with his camera? You know, and like no one cares. Like no one knows. But it's like yeah. it's all kind of that internal. Um, I'm actually sure. glad you said that because um, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of uh, photographers who have social anxiety 
Um, when you first started taking street photography or learning and practicing it, um, were you scared to take pictures of people? Were you like the person on the other side of the road trying to hide your camera and like, oh, I like this person because he's looking at Instagram and uh, he's not looking. Take the picture and then like walk off really yeah. fast. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I mean, um, yeah, I was a guy across the street. I never got close to anybody. I was easily, you know, 40, 50 a week, fifty feet away from everybody at all times, and just super scared, super nervous. Um, but I mean, that was kind of that was a lifelong thing. Is like as I mentioned, uh, social anxiety. Like I hated, um, you know dealing with crowds, going out into um, large groups of people. If I didn't know people, like, even if I knew um, people, if it was more than, like, five people, I'd get a ton of anxiety. Um, and actually, a lot of what street photography has turned into me, or turned into for me, has been, like, coping with that and, like, learning how to deal with pushing myself out of that comfort zone and dealing with um, some of those insecurities. So, um, you know, moving from that 40 to 50-foot range and being able to shoot somebody, you know, three to four feet away, and then you know, talk with strangers that I haven't even like known. A lot of a lot of what I've done um, with these projects has simply been um, me trying to deal and move forward with some of those issues. So it's been amazing. Oh yeah. So it is a coping mechanism. Um, Absolutely. I I wasn't necessarily scared to take pictures of strangers. Uh, but I wasn't comfortable being so close. Now, it's I, I you know I won't blatantly put a camera on a person's face, but I could be sure. right next to a person and take their photo with, with no yeah. problem. Um, it's just once you're just comfortable doing it, you're just comfortable doing it. Yeah, and I think if you like approach it like in a, like respectably to like people, like people are pretty okay with it. Like I've actually never been confronted on the street. Um, like asked what I like if I took their picture and never had someone get mad at me about it um, just because I feel like I, I approach it in like a manner that I would want to be approached in um, and I think that's worked out well for me like I definitely I got friends who can do that like walk up to someone and like you know like right in front of their face take a photo and yeah. you know like they do a great job at it like their photos are amazing and I admire that and I'm just like I, I don't think I can do that <laughs> like it freaks me out you know <laughs> Yeah, I, I was actually going to ask you that question, so uh, but I'm glad you answered it. Um, but do you know uh, Craig Clark? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a good friend of mine now. Um, yeah, he's a great guy. I love his work. Um, yeah, I, uh, he's got a great approach. I feel like uh, him and I, his approach, we're like complete opposites. Like he goes and talks to people. You know, I was listening to your podcast with him, and um, he was saying he goes up and talks to people because he didn't want to waste time not getting a shot, right? Oh, yeah. And so I'm like, I'm the exact opposite where I'm like, I want to avoid talking to people if I can. <laughs> and like, if I miss a shot, like, uh, you know, well. <laughs> yeah. I, I do, I do appreciate and I do like his approach on how he does it. Uh, so uh, more power to him. Yeah. And he gets a lot of um, attention from Leica, which is obviously a good thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's what I, you want to get attention from Leica, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out to you, Craig Clark. Uh, good work. Continue doing what you're doing. Um so what connects you to your subject? Like, how do you select your next subject? Well, I feel like that's tough. So I guess that's kind of where the luck piece comes in, right? 
Um, a lot of what I do, like I, I, I hunt light. Like that's my, that's my main thing. I guess if you really want to get down to street photography and me, it's like me looking for light. And so I'm not necessarily looking for unique subjects. Like I'm always keeping an eye out for it. You know, I'll take a shot of someone like, um, that's got personality or has got like a certain style to them. Um, but I generally like, I, I have a, particular lighting scenario that I love to find and so it's kind of I'm hunting down I'm usually like in like the larger buildings downtown Denver um, where we like get really strong like reflective light coming off of a building and I absolutely love when I get the sun coming in on one side of the subject and that reflective sandwich light almost like a studio kind of set up on the person and so once I find that like hanging out downtown I figure out the composition that I want from that, and then I just wait, and I figure, you know, um, I wait for a subject to come through, and, you know, there's, there's, it's not always the right people, I think, you know, I'm not, like, a, a guy who wants to shoot beautiful people, um, you know, I'm also not a person who wants to, to shoot, like, handicapped or people who are, like, struggling, um, you know, I don't really want to shoot homeless people, um, I try to stay and, away from from the same subjects as well. Yeah, I feel like like if you're if you feel like you're taking advantage of someone, like you know, you're probably not shooting it. It's kind of the same thing with like children. Like every mm-hmm. once in a while, I get a photo with a kid in. Uh, I posted something earlier this week like with a kid in. I just like love the kid's expression, but it was you know it's just not it's not something I'm seeking out. Like it feels mm-hmm. weird. Like you know if I, don't, I wouldn't like somebody taking a picture of my kid if I had one. You know, so it's kind of like, I don't want to, I don't want to go down that. Um, But, you know, like, you know, I just wait for the right person to come through, just like a good average person. (laughs) And, you know, like, if they got something cool going on, that's even better. So I found myself, and I don't really say people now, I say subjects, because subjects now can be anything. Um, Since COVID happened, uh, I started taking pictures of subjects that I wouldn't necessarily take. Um, back then when I was really just focused on uh, grinding in the streets, taking pictures of people watching for their candid moments. Uh, that's still my main focus when I go out. I try to find people, catch their candid moments, connections with family, friends, whatever. Um, but now I'm actually, I'm just looking for, to document how life's changed. Because a lot of places I've been, I've been to in the past where I've seen it where there was no COVID and it was just like, People yeah. bustling around, fast city life, uh, or slow city life, depending on where the location was. And, and now it's yeah. just, like, dead. So uh, I'll find, like, an interesting um, subject, like building. Uh, maybe it's a, a, a flower or a plant growing in a weird way. Or the dirt, the streets or the roads are just littered and, you know, just to document it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 100% what I like to do as well, you know. Um, it's, I mean, I started um, doing street photography during COVID, and mm-hmm. it was really very much about, like, that progression of, like, you know, it was uh, July 2020 of, like, when everyone was just hardcore in lockdown and, like, the streets being empty and then following that progression of, like, things slowly opening up and watching cities change and how people interact with each other change and like kind of 
Like you get those special days when like things really explode out of nowhere and you get like all these great little moments happening and like a sense of normalcy and it's, it's, it's incredible. But mm-hmm. like being a part of that journey of how that's happened, um, that's really kind of been the focus. Sounds like similar to you, like, you know, what I've been trying to accomplish over this period. So, Oh yeah. So how do you choose your next photo? Uh, so you mentioned you you like to chase light, um, mm-hmm. but what do you normally like the next photo you want to take? How do you choose that? Exploration, right? Um, I don't I don't really have a, a set way to do that. You know, I feel like once I get the photo I want in any given spot, I'll kind of I'll kind of make my way just. I wander a street, I look up and down each way, I see what's happening, you know, I see um, what kind of people are out, and um, it's, it's really just about finding something that piques my interest, you know? Okay. Um, so if, there, if there's a ton of people around, maybe I'll go see what they're all looking at or what they're, like, trying to figure out. Um, you know, I love street corners, I love hanging out there. And just seeing, you know, occasionally get like a dog in a backpack or something or like just completely random stuff. And um, so it's just really waiting for that like special moment where you're just kind of, it's almost like a spidey sense, you know, mm-hmm. where it's just like, you're like, okay, something's, something's happening here. Like, all right, let's get set up. It's like gets you excited, you know. Something uh, I did... A long time ago when I was first learning, uh, and it was more because I wanted to uh, to test myself, was uh, I searched on Google um, monthly photo challenges. Um, there's like books. There's like a 50, I have it. Um, it's like 52 street projects. But I like the monthly one because it forces you to take at least one picture a day with a subject. And what I learned was I, I completed one month, like, one month I did a photo every day and I got the the, the subject was uh, everything on those you know the subject list was there you just had to have the patience to find it yeah and one of them was the color orange and I remember I was still living in England at the time and I drove down to Norwich and uh, I was like I didn't want to just take a cliche photo of someone wearing orange, you know, like yeah. obviously you, you're gonna see. All right, but what's the story behind that? And I'll, I'll share it with you. I'll take a screenshot of the photo because I still have it. Um, yeah, and I was it. just yeah, I was just fishing. Actually, I'll I'll find it now. Um, but I was just fishing around and uh, walking through, and I came to this. Uh, you know what buskers are? So in England, buskers are the people that sit in the street and they sing or they do like some kind of um, whatever it is, just to inter- entertainment, right? Sure. So yeah. I found the buskers and I found the crowd and I just went and I was looking and not even a minute later, this woman, uh, there's a camera, with orange yeah. hair walks up nice. and I was like, there it is, there's the orange, but if you can, let me try to zoom in on her face. Look, like she's completely an orange. Yeah. So, at the time, awesome. uh, trying to get the woman behind her. There's actually also the woman looking at her, like, "What is this woman wearing?" Yeah. So, 
that that was something I really enjoyed about the aspect of street photography is if you have the patience uh, and then fishing or doing whatever, uh, yeah. you, you're going to find it. You'll find your subject. Um, but that's yeah. just me going out with with um, one concept of I have to find something orange. Yeah. So that's a good uh, practice for anyone who's really trying to improve their street photography skills. Uh, when I think that's um, something to go along with that is like, you know, going out with intent, right? Yeah. And if by doing that, you like attract the things that you want to shoot, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's just, it's a really powerful thing. I think that's like a prime example. It's like, you know, there's a lot of things that are probably orange, but like something like that, unless mm -hmm. you're really looking for it and really that's what you wanted, like you won't always see it, right? Yeah. It's, it's actually, uh, so... This is really crazy. I I don't know why I waited so long in in my life to go back to school, but I'm taking this uh, decision making course, mm -hmm. and we're learning a lot about biases, how people's brains develop these biases, and it's it, well, everything that they're explaining and demonstrating and like YouTube videos is completely true. So um, look up decision making on YouTube, um, personal biases. And there's like this one video I saw where it starts off with like, um, it starts off with a sentence, right? And your brain is automatically focused on that sentence, right? And you completely miss everything that happens in the video. I had to go back and watch it like three or four times because I was like, oh, this is insane. Like, this is, this is so crazy. It's true. So the intent, whenever you go out with intent, now your brain is looking for that. So yeah. now everything is more visual and you realize that it's there. So yeah. uh, street photography, yeah. I connected it. I was like, wow, this has so much to do with how I take pictures because now I know what I want to look for and then it's just going to come to me. So yeah, there's my own no, tangent. <laughs> no, that's, that's great. I think um, it's, it's very similar. I did a portfolio review uh, probably six months ago. Um, this format, portfolio, or format can't remember what exactly it was called, but, um, you know, it was kind of that idea is like when you just go out normally, like you're creating like this portfolio work and it's like, great. Um, but then you have like this portfolio review coming up. Right. And like I, when I signed up for it, I had two months until it came. And like in that two months, I think I created some of the best work that I created like the entire time I've been doing that just because like I had that intent of like, I need to create like amazing work i need to like push my skill sets like what i know i can do like to the top degree right and like in that period it was just like incredible the stuff that i was like producing it's just like a different level than what i was doing before that um and so i was kind of carrying that like you know decision making that you know that intent behind it and can really kind of propel you into that next level oh yeah so is is that the first time you ever done a portfolio review? Because I've been I've been wanting to do one because I want to see how I can make my my images stronger. Uh, yeah. But so I have so much going on with my busy life schedule right now. I, I'm trying to find a good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know that like that's the tough thing. So I got a my my good friend kind of mentor R J Kern. He's been in the fine art world for a while. Um, he when this happened like I feel like I've been shooting for like six months and I was just like pretty insecure about it and he was like dude you need to do this this is like this is a great way to like 
see where you're at, learn where what you're doing, um, get feedback, you know, like it's never too early in your project to get feedback and like get direction like from like industry professionals to like help you like progress and like I, I felt like I was early in my project and kind of like I, I, I'm not ready for this but like he finally convinced me I did it it was an amazing experience I highly recommend it um, because it really makes you like focus in on what you're doing more you know like before that it was I'm gonna go shoot street and then when I figured it out, it's like, I need to have a project statement. I need to have an artist statement. I need to get that focus in. And it really does focus your energies to just being like a broad street photographer to like, hey, I'm going to shoot this particular thing. This is going to be the project, right? Um, I highly recommend it. And just to get that feedback, if anything, just to get affirmation you're on the right path, it's 100% worth it. Um, you know, like, other things, like, if you if you don't want to do, like, a full portfolio review, I don't know if you do, like, lens culture, like, the contest, um, or anything like that, but, like, lens culture, they have, like, they have their street photography contest they just, um, they just wrapped up with. Um, with that, you can get like a portfolio review with one or like from one of the judges. So you're not sitting down with them, but mm -hmm. they'll like look through your images you submitted, and then they will write a very like it's a pretty in depth review. Um, they'll answer some questions that you give them, and they'll say you know like here's some things you can improve on, um, you know, or like you got something really good going here. Like keep doing this, keep going the direction you're in. Um, and then they'll even give you resources to like other comp, like uh, contests or um, like shows, galleries, um, just contacts, and it is amazing. So um, highly recommend that if uh, you don't want to go the full portfolio review. But I mean, anyone out there, like it's not just about winning contests. It's like you can get a lot of really great feedback from it. Uh, I'm actually glad you said that because I, I I didn't know what lens culture was so i'm definitely gonna look into that because um, nice, nice. i've been wanting to do a, a portfolio review just to see uh like you said just to see like am i progressing how i want to um yeah yeah and i'm also glad you said the word project because we're gonna now segue into <laughs> are you are you currently working on any projects uh photo books zines short term long term uh, anything along those lines um yeah so, <laughs> so currently, like with the portfolio review, I really wanted to focus in on my on my work and figure out what it was I was doing. I didn't want to be shooting just like willy nilly and just you know continuously just like make good work. I wanted to point to it. Um, and so I've got a project I'm working on. I call the time between. And so it's really like we talked about earlier. It's really focusing on kind of like urban street life from like during the lockdown period of COVID progressing towards like today and kind of redefining what a new normal is. Okay. And, um, again, with that, there's a, there's a piece of personal growth through like, you know, me dealing with social anxiety and how like society itself is kind of dealing with this as like a global community. Um, and so, for me right now, it's a kind of a hard place to be. A couple, like a month or so ago, I thought the project was done. 
Um, and <laughs> like, you don't want to, you don't want to be grateful that like the, the pandemic continues on. Right. But yeah, it's also like, you know, you don't want like, that. you're not sure if it's going to continue. You're not sure if it's going to wrap up. So you're kind of like in this weird area of like, do I try to get, you know, strings tied off real quick and wrap this up or do I keep like progressing? So I'm kind of in that weird space right now with the, with the project. But, um, right now I'm, I'm trying to get a zine out, um, kind of a, a mix of a one-year retrospective of like the work mixed into the time between um so you know definitely want to get some stuff out and just kind of get the work out in front of some other people okay um you know eventually i definitely want to get a book going with it but it's just it's not quite there yet yeah, i've noticed uh, uh photo so. books are becoming really popular and mm-hmm. i don't want to just say anybody's making photo books but a lot more people are just creating their own photo books, which is really cool because uh, I do want to plan on releasing a photo book sometime in the future. But uh, I want to have a good body of work, which is why portfolio yeah. reviews. I, I don't want to just select uh, a bunch of my mediocre shots, which I think are my strongest work, uh, which may have no weight or meaning in the street photography community. But uh, yeah, they, I mean. That, that, that does, that's a great point. I mean, like, uh, I was talking with my friend and he was recommending, like, speaking with a photo editor, not necessarily somebody who's going to, like, edit your photos and change them, but somebody who can look through your body of work and kind of help you, like, if you were to go to a gallery and you'd be like, I need 10 photos, and like, tell you which 10 photos are the best from your, your pieces, and then, you know, or if it's, like, a, a three-photo show, or if you want a book or, like, a zine, they can, like, really help walk you through all that stuff kind of kind of get you there. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's something I've been considering a lot lately. So we are both on the same wavelength there. Uh, 100%. Where do you want to be? in one month one year ten years um we're gonna take out the project you're working since we already touched on that one uh so beside that that one project you're working on uh where do you want to be in your street photography career life journey whatever we want to call it and uh do you have a plan and how will you get there that's a a tough question um you know i've been like starting out pretty careful and like planned out about how I was going to approach it to, to get where I'm at right now. Um, you know, right now I'm working on trying to get like a, a print store up on my website, you know, doing pricing and editioning and trying to make sure I'm like doing that the wrong, the right way for, uh, like, um, but I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. So, uh, uh, I, I, I did the something same, set your own price. Don't compare. Uh, if people are going to want to buy your work, they're going to want to buy it. If it's a dollar, yeah. if it's a $100. Um, yeah. w- what you'll learn is even your best friend, even if you're tra- charging them a dollar, they won't necessarily buy it. So yeah. uh, if they really are interested, they'll pay whatever price you're asking. Uh, I had to learn that the hard way. So uh, didn't mean to yeah. interrupt you, but you, you're no, on no, your, no, your no. website. It, it, it's a great point. You know, like don't you can't be afraid of what you think people will pay. Right, because you don't really know, and there's there's a lot of like smaller pieces to it. Like, do you want it to be like collectors' pieces? Do you want it to be in galleries? Like, you gotta price it. Like, if that's the way you want to go, you gotta price it in a way that a gallery can actually make money. Not only that, you gotta make money too, right? Yeah. And so, if you price it too low, a gallery's not even gonna consider it because they're not gonna make money for a sale, and then you won't make money as an artist. Um, if you just want to get your work out there to a ton of people, like condition your work. 
because um, you can sell as many as you want, but then it's not as like necessarily collectible to like in the long term, unless you turn out to be like a magnum photographer, right? Yeah. Um, so there's a there's a lot One of like, little little pieces that I'm like trying to sort out that like just like blow my mind sometimes. But um, for uh, the one month goal, it's uh, definitely getting that that shop up and like get it. Get it, get it going because I've been sitting on that one for a little bit <laughs> now, longer than I've cared to admit. Um, one year goal, I wanna, I think I wanna get this this particular project wrapped up um, and kind of moving into more of um, seeing if I can get a show going with it. You know, I don't know if a photo book's gonna happen. I think the zine, you know, I'm gonna self publish that, um, and you know, I'm not gonna put a limit on how many print, but if people people want it, I'll keep printing it. Um, if it turns into a book, that's cool, but I'm hoping eventually I can get a show. Uh, 10 years, that's a, that's a big one. Um, 10 years to a lifetime? I mean... Oh, however you <laughs> so want to. It's, it's kind of... So for me, like, I think a lot about like legacy and what I really want to accomplish with this. And um, like down the line, I would love to, to make something that that matters to a point that it can like actually get picked up by a museum and part of a permanent collection. Um, that's a good I think goal. That, that's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's achievable. A it's achievable. It's, it's achievable, but it's, it's a, it's not easy. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Nothing I mean, in life is easy, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Anything worth having, right? Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's just, um, you know, if you can create something that has that kind of impact on, I think that's a, a pretty amazing amazing thing to accomplish so you know we'll see who knows uh the mona lisa probably did not have the intent of being locked in paris under the (laughs) the pyramid when he first painted it so uh there you go there's your inspiration think positive positive energy right yeah it's all about that intent right there you go so if you could (laughs) shoot anywhere in the world anywhere in the world big picture uh where would it be Man, um, if I, I honestly, if I had to make that decision today, if I had a, a free plane ride anywhere right now, I would go to probably New Orleans. Um, mm-hmm. To make that with like the destruction of the, the, the hurricane, um, probably that's not kind of what I was after, but for me, it's like feeling a little nostalgic from like, hey, this is the first place that really inspired me, and like now I'm like doing it. And I want to kind of go back there and just experience it in a different way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I got kind of like some like some good time behind me, some like ideas and intent behind me, like I feel like I can see it in a different way. I can capture it differently. Um, yeah, I just really want to see what that's all about. Okay. So uh, you said New Orleans. And first, yeah. I want to give a big shout out to Matthew Seltzer. He is uh, going to be a guest on the show one day, but obviously um, the hurricane kind of slowed things down. Um, but we still keep in contact. Um, he's doing a lot of good things for the community out there, so I commend him and praise him for helping people out. He's a really good photographer. He does street portraits, um, and hopefully we can set up our podcast interview uh, sometime soon. Uh, but shout out to him. And I, I would love to go to New Orleans as well. I've been there once, um, but just kind of passing through. Uh, I was really young, so I don't really remember it. Um, 
But I love traveling and I love taking street photography. Uh, so I, that's a location I would also like to shoot. Uh, it's not my go-to because uh, there's so many other places in the world. Um, but that is a place I would like to shoot in. Nice, nice. Uh, so, where is your favorite place to shoot that you that you've been to? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's tough because it's it's not really. Huh. I feel like it's not really, really a place. It's more of like I I just like being anywhere that there is like. A lot of things happening. I love being where there's tall buildings and reflective light. I think I would love to like you know. I, I shot in New York briefly. I've been there like twice, and I, you know, it was during my period of time of like I'm going to do street photography and then like stop them for a couple of years, you know. Um, but yeah, I went there and like it's just the light is incredible bouncing around the city. Mm. Um, so my favorite place, I mean, in Denver. It's right next to a Union Station. There's um, just glass buildings surrounding this kind of uh, like triangle-ish intersection. And um, especially like early, like probably three months in, like that's kind of where I started developing the styles in this spot because there's this really nice concave building that reflects, it like collects all the light and sends out this really concentrated beam into the street. Mm-hmm. And it's just incredible like what it can produce there. So I think that's my favorite spot. Sounds interesting. If I had to pick specific spot. <laughs> uh, no, no worries. Uh, this is this is you. This is how you see it. So again, no right or wrong answers. I would recommend if you really like tall buildings and shadow casts with beautiful geometry created from the light. Um, Chicago architecture okay. is beautiful. Skyscrapers amazing, and uh, is I've unfortunately it's my hometown. Uh, but I, I haven't been able to shoot street photography there uh, only because I'm in the Air Force and I travel around. I haven't been to the States in I don't know how long, many, many years. So uh, okay. Okay. I would love to go there and dedicate a few days to just shoot downtown just, just yeah. to see yeah, what I, I mean, can I got, get. I still got family out there, too. It would be, be really awesome to get out there. It's kind mm-hmm. of like the, the New York City of the Midwest, right? Oh, yeah. Um. <laughs> Definitely get the pizza. And shout out to Aisha J. She was a guest and she shoots in Chicago. So, um, yep, check her work out too if you haven't. Who is your favorite photographer? Street photographer, any photographer? Uh, who's your favorite? Uh, do they have a photo book? And if so, uh, which of their photo books would be your favorite? Yeah, so. All-time favorite photographer, Sebastian Salgado. Um, if you haven't checked him out, check him out. His work is absolutely incredible. Um, very positive uh, group of work, I would say. Um, he's got a he's got a book called Genesis. Massive, massive book that he created. Um, it spans a number of countries, and it is just extremely inspiring. He, like I said earlier, he was. Um, um, you know, he goes into tribes and kind of shoots them. He gets amazing, incredible landscape photos. Uh, it's not really street photography, but it is absolutely incredible work. Um, very inspiring. I remember I was in uh, New York City. Um, it was at a photo show called APAD, and he had a little booth there. Um, full size images. It was just awe inspiring and absolutely incredible. So 
Um, even if it's not like your type of photography per se, it's still something I feel like you can pull stuff from it to apply. Okay. Um, I think uh, <laughs> Craig Clark mentioned him, uh, Patrick Stevens. Um, always chasing daylight. That guy is absolutely incredible. I've been I've been following him for a while, and just every time I see his work, it just it makes me like want to push my work to the next level. You know, it's like, like if I could be that guy in like five years, like I'd be pretty stoked. You know, <laughs> so, practice. <laughs> practice and shoot every day. Yeah, man, yeah. pretty much. So, right. so what, I mean, what about what about you? What's your favorite photographer? Uh, Popular is and well-known Joel Meyerowitz. Um, mm-hmm. I love how he was able to create just life in his photos. He captured yeah. he captured what he saw, and a lot of it's relatable. And uh, a lot of my work is is inspired by him and how he just captured. You know, so um, yeah, it's it's just beautiful. I'll, his work's magical to me. Yeah, uh, it's hard to put his work into into words because it's just so really good. Um, yeah, uh, but uh, definitely. Yeah, I, I he's got a lot of good work out there. Uh, I showed uh, with with the last interview with Aisha J. Um, where I find myself, I I recently ordered that book from him, uh, and it's just a collection of all his work into one. Uh, yeah. And it's something I'm glad I bought because it's it's so hard. I don't have a, a lot of bookshelf space <laughs> to to purchase all these photo books, but yeah. uh, I think that one is probably because it's all his work, obviously. So you're getting all his great images, and it picks a, a lot of my favorite photos of him, and it just puts it all in one. So it's it's really easy for me to to look at. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I love him too. He's just like legendary in every respect of street photography you know and like even though like i feel like my style doesn't really reflect his like he's just like an endless supply of like knowledge and inspiration you know he's uh he's very little he's amazing to to listen to speak so i I watch youtube interviews on him i saw his master class and just just listening to how he speaks is just like it's inspiring in in itself absolutely absolutely so what do you look at for inspiration? Um, something that you would like, you know, I see this and I, oh man, I would love to capture an image like this. You know, that's always, that's always a tough one. Um, it's similar to graphic design. I feel like, you know, I search the web, I find like, you know, I look at the grades, um, you know, I, I check out like Fanho, Elliot Irwitt, Joel Marowitz, um, you know, Saul Lautner, um, Trent Park. Um, and I definitely like look at them and I, I see a lot of things that I can pull away from it, but it's also, it's a, it's a weird place that I don't want to always like put myself into the shoes where I'm trying to replicate people. Uh, similar, similar to graphic design. Like I don't, like I, I follow trends. I follow like things that are happening the important pieces of it, but I don't really, like follow anyone necessarily too closely, right? I don't want to like cloud my vision um, by putting other people's work in my head too much. That makes sense. I got you. You're just trying to to build off of you know what inspires you from what you see. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Nice answer. 
So, say me and you are having this conversation, and a nice up-and-coming amateur photographer approaches you for advice. What advice would you give them? We want one piece or a couple pieces here. Uh, the floor <laughs> is yours, sir. However you take it. All right. Cool. Um, so, first off, don't wait 10 years to do something that you're excited about. Um, that's my biggest regret with street photography is that I, I've been chasing it for so long and it took me 10 years to actually start doing it. Like, don't do that. That is a mistake. Um if you're passionate about it, it'll, it'll work out, right? And if you're scared about it, you're on the right path. Um, I'd say whatever you do, do it with intent and make sure it feels authentic. Um, you know, if, if it doesn't feel right to you, don't shoot it. You know, like kids and homeless people, I feel like there's people who do it well. There's people who connect with people and can do a fantastic job. I, I, do, I do me. I'm not going to do something to... You know, just do it. Um, and this this last one has been a pretty important one. So this is from my mentor, RJ Kern. Um, he told me that, I mean, like throughout your career, you're going to get a lot of criticism. You're going to get a lot of advice. Um, but what you should do is get a one inch by one inch piece of paper and put write down all the names of the people that matter to you on that piece of paper. And then when, you, um, when you're seeking advice, you know, get advice from everybody, take the criticism from everybody, but if their name's not on that piece of paper, take it with a grain of salt. You know, the people on that piece of paper are gonna be the most important people um, that you need to take your advice from. And so it's a good practice. That, that piece of paper can change um, from year to year, from month to month even. You know, but, you know, like, if you do a portfolio review and, like, some judge, like, rips you a new one, like, listen to it. But also, like, if, he, if he's not on that sheet of paper, like, maybe don't put a ton of weight on it, you know? So, it's, it's easy to get swayed by that kind of stuff. Uh, powerful words. I, I like it. It's, it's a really good concept. So, okay, I see your opinion. Uh, I'll value it. But it's not important to me, so I'll just put it in the back seat for now. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of, I mean, you know, you want to take it and you want to see if it applies. Okay. Um, so, you know, I like it, it. It's, art, art, art's so subjective. It is. Everybody's got their own opinion. Yeah. And one person might love what you do, another person might hate it. And it's like, how do you decide which, which opinion matters? <laughs> right? It's so true. So I wasn't laughing at you. Uh, no, no, no. I just had a... <laughs> have you ever seen the movie, Is This the End or This is the End? It's like oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Seth Rogen and all. I, I absolutely love that movie. And every time I hear the word art, it always triggers me in that one scene where they go to James Franco's house. Who James Franco's plays James Franco. It's an amazing, funny movie. <laughs> And uh, yeah. he has a, a he's has like this really big house party, and uh, somebody shows up. It's not too f- like friendly with James Franco, but goes because his best friend's there. And he's like, "Oh, you like this art?" And the guy's like, "No, I actually hate art." He's like, "What? You hate art?" <laughs> so he got into this tangent, and he's like, "You like Subway, don't you?" 
Like the people who make your sandwich, artists. So <laughs> every time I hear the word art, I just always connect it with the subway person making a sandwich. And I was like, it's so true. Everybody uh, makes their sandwiches different, which yeah. is art in itself. So, yeah, 100%. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I forgot about that movie. It's great. I love that movie. It's, it's, it's one of the movies I actually own on Blu-ray, which they don't even sell anymore. So just date it myself. Uh, <laughs> but, yep, there's another tangent. Uh, if you could go back to day one when you held your first camera, when you already got your, you held your first camera story, what advice would you give yourself? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> so tough. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I love the journey, you know, and it's. I feel like it's a lot, like, along the lines of just don't get discouraged, you know? Like, um, some things are your work, some things are aren't. Like I said, I think the biggest regret is, like, waiting to start. So, I, I would have probably told myself to start earlier. Yeah. But it, it, it's, it's for me, it's a tough because I, I love the journey. I'm lo- I love where I'm at today. Mm-hmm. Um, if I started earlier, you know, who knows if I would still be doing it. Uh, so it's just, I, I don't have good advice for that one, to be honest with you. So it's the first time I've asked that question, uh, but I'm going to answer for myself and yeah, it. I would say buy like a sooner. Nice. And, and this is, <laughs> so this is not a, it's, it's a like a centric podcast. It is, uh, but I'm not talking here to, to chase people's gas and, you know, you need like to shoot the best photos. Um. But yeah. the reason why I, I would tell myself to buy Leica sooner is because um, I feel my, my photography, the, the pictures I've, I've created are a lot more interesting. Um, they, act, they hold more value to me than they mm-hmm. did when I was shooting with every other camera brand I shot. So uh, yeah. that's my answer for myself. Um, yeah. yeah, I was actually really excited to, answer, to ask that question. <laughs> I, th- I mean, I think that's, that's a great point. I mean... It's kind of one of those, like, find what inspires you and use the right tool, right? Yeah. Because, um, I mean, like, I, w- I-, I loved Leica from, like, day one. You know, it was, like, that unattainable piece that I always wanted to shoot with. Um, I-, I named my- when I had a cat for a while, and I named it Leica. Because, <laughs> like, I wanted a Leica, so I had a Leica, right? Yeah. Um, but it was, um, you know, it's-, it's one of those things, like, yeah, that's... I feel like people don't quite know what Leica is and they have weird expectations of it, but you know, you got to get the right tool for the job. And, um, for me, like starting street photography, I was shooting an a seven three and that's just a soulless box and it's just God awful for street <laughs> photography. I just hated it. It's a trap. And like very, very uninspiring, yeah. you know, and like Canon, similar thing. Like it's a cool, cool camera, does a lot of stuff, tons of bells and whistles, but it's like, you know, it's not inspiring. And Leica, you know, it's this camera that's completely stripped down just as a core of photography and like it doesn't do much else. And it is so inspiring to use, you know, it's like it makes you want to go shoot with it. It is like, you know, it is a fantastic tool. Yeah. So. Definitely agree. I, I I have this big thing where I I, I don't want to say I hate everybody and everyone has their own reasons, <laughs> but I hate the people 
you know, I should I shouldn't say hate because hate is such a strong one. I really dislike the people who uh, buy something not because they want to, but because other people are like this is what you need to, and, and more yeah. towards the people who are buying into Leica and and driving the prices up. Again, cool. If that's what you really want to shoot with, go for it. Uh, but like you said, find what inspires you. If an M6 inspires you, buy it. Don't buy an M6 just because I shoot with an M6, you know? Yeah. Uh, And and that's just examples. Everyone, it it could be the A7 III, the A7 IV. It doesn't matter. Um, Yeah, yeah, I I really despise that. Like, you don't even know how to focus with the rangefinder. Just (laughs) put it down. Uh, I can go on on that forever. uh, it's so true though you know I mean there's a lot of people who buy it because it's like jewelry right and you go on like some of the boards like Facebook groups or whatever and everyone's just posting pictures of their like I'm like and I actually I would love to see your work Mm -hmm. I don't don't, your camera probably looks just about the same as my camera like I would love to see what you're creating with that camera that's what impresses me you Uh, know definitely and so you know and I, I honestly I get a kick out of the people who are like you see, like, a new Leica get released, and you get, like, the Facebook ads, and you see all the comments, and everyone's complaining about, oh, oh the price is so expensive, and it doesn't have this feature or that feature. Like, I can go buy two Canon, blah, blah, blahs for that amount, yeah. and it can do it. And it's just like, well, it's, it's, it's not a Canon. It doesn't yeah. shoot like a Canon. It shoots like a Leica. And it so will never be. a Canon experience, buy the Canon. <laughs> it would never be a Canon, or a Canon will never be Leica. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, I definitely agree. And those are, I like to say they're influenced heavily by social media and people who only post pictures of their Leicas instead of yeah. posting pictures they've taken with the Leicas. But that tangent's completed. <laughs> uh, and now we're going to focus on the not so famous photographers. And this is something I really sure, sure. I want to start doing. Uh, and I forgot to ask my last guest. I, I, I felt really bad. But. Uh, because we all know someone that not everyone else will know, and their work could be phenomenal. So now I'm trying to recognize that particular person. So uh, this is for not so famous photographers. So no Joe Meyerowitz, no Henri Cartier Bressans, no Elliot Erwitt, uh, none of those people in this segment. Um, who is the person that you're a fan of their work not at that level like artist uh, photographer yeah. uh, and please plug their social medias uh, it doesn't have to be Instagram only a lot of people still use Flickr I don't know I only know of one person who uses Flickr but uh, yeah any any way of someone to discover them as well yeah um, so Local Colorado photographer. I met him a few months back. His name's uh, Jeff Tidwell. Uh, his, uh, Instagram is uh, Jeff J E F F underscore T I D W E L L underscore Street. Um, so he's got a couple things going on. He's got his Jeff Tidwell Street. He's got um, another thing he calls Word on the Street, um, and he just has a fantastic eye. Um, his work is super. Just for me, it's inspiring. He does this, he shoots through windows at strangers and he like waits for them to like make eye contact with him. And then, like, through that, you see like all this reflection from behind him, but there's like this beautiful moment like right in front of him. Um, and like, I'm not a very religious person, but he also 
ties some of that into uh, like biblical scriptures, and it just it's like a very beautiful body of work that he's created, um, and I absolutely love it. Um, so definitely check his his work out. Yep. Um, yeah. Jeff Tidwell, everybody, uh, and, and that's pretty much the whole purpose of that little segment is to give Jeff Till because I didn't, I didn't know who he was until now. So I will definitely go support him. Uh, and I hope everyone who is listening does as well. Um, what challenges have you faced in street photography? Uh, did anything discourage you? How did you yeah. overcome your discouragement? Um, so I got, I got two pieces to this. Um, first one, and we, we've touched on this a pretty good amount already, just like dealing with social anxiety. Um, you know, that has been a huge struggle and photography has been the biggest piece to help me with it, hands down. Um, you know, my friend, at one point we were, we were in Oregon, we just got off of shooting a wedding and he realized that when I had a camera in my hand that I was significantly more confident than when I didn't. And so like, he actually... Uh, went out and bought me this uh, this camera bag. It was, it was actually just kind of a, a nurse, but uh, turned into a camera bag. <laughs> and um, and you know, it's like, hey, like you know, take this with you. Um, put your camera in it and take your camera with you because it's like this is something like that I see that has helped you significantly. And like, I still have that camera bag. That's still my street bag. The thing is beat to shit. There's tears all over and I won't get rid of it. I'm stubborn. Um, but you know, it's things like that, that I've been really trying to deal with and like push myself out of that comfort zone. That's hundred percent. Like street photography has ripped me from my, like, I'm going to stay at home and be antisocial and not deal with people from that, like comfort and put me like straight into the, like the lion's den. And, um, it's made me cope with it. And, like, I am significantly more comfortable in social situations and large groups and, like, just having a conversation with people. You know, even, like, jumping on a podcast like this. You know, if you asked me to do this a year ago, I would have been, like, absolutely not. So, <laughs> um, you know, that's so that's one piece of it. Um, the other piece was, I guess it could be similar along the same lines. You know, it's like I had... You know, my, my Instagram, Facebook, I had those little photography pieces I'd post on there maybe once every couple months. People would be super supportive and it was really, like, really nice, right? Because you don't post ever. Um, but my biggest, my biggest fear was actually putting my passions out into the world and, like, being consistent and, like, really, like, chasing that dream, right? And... My, my biggest concern is that people would actually, like, you know, defriend you or, like, that kind of thing, right? Mm. And, um, yeah, that terrified me. That, that made me not want to want to post things and, like, not try to make something of this. Um, so, you know, the biggest, biggest piece of that is I actually learned that, like, I, I was right. You know, I, I, <laughs> and it, it, it sucks. Like you, you put your, your passion, you put your time and energy into, to work. And a lot of people want to support you when it's not serious. Right. But the minute you really put your passions on the line, you kind of, you see people start to get like annoyed. Right. And they're like, well, I, like, you know, all you post is like these street photos. And it's like, I don't, I don't really care about seeing that. And it's like, what I learned is that it's a good thing. 
And like seeing people like who aren't really interested in the things that you are most passionate about in life, they don't want to stick around for that. Like that's a good thing that they kind of weed themselves out. And it was kind of, I think it was like seven, eight months into it. I was just like, I went down my friends list. I was like, holy shit, like all these people are missing. What, what the hell just happened? I was like, it was very, it made me like sad. I'm going to be honest. I was like, oh my God, that's, that's heartbreaking. Um, cause you thought these people were like really close in your life and you know, I, I, I get it, you know, it's kind of tough, but at the, at the same rate, you also see these other people in your life who are constantly supporting you and constantly pushing you. And that is so incredible to have like that support structure from people who are just a hundred percent on board with you chasing your dreams, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it was it was a challenge. It was very difficult at first, but like I, I'm grateful for it now. Yeah. Well, sir, I have to say you <laughs> probably put the last puzzle to the piece here because now your voice is going to be heard on a global scale. Oh so all your social anxiety uh, <laughs> it should not exist anymore after that. Now I'm not a medical doctor though, um, but no, no. <laughs> it's just it's just inspiring. Like you know, everyone has a voice, and now everyone gets to hear that. Uh, so yeah. It's it's a great thing, and again, this is the purpose of my my platform here, and just to connect the world with with like minded people, uh, and yeah. introduce them to things that we didn't know. Like I didn't know lens culture, and and the phone on the shutter button. There we go. I'm sure someone's going <laughs> to use that technique now, hey, uh, and, know, and that's hey, what it's all about. Something. So it's definitely a connection. Yeah, yeah. So my last question, I'd like to end now. Uh, Again, I'm always going to say thank you. So thanks, Craig Clark. Uh, and now you probably know which question I'm going to ask you is, what does street photography mean to you? <laughs> so, you know, I think um, it's, it's a lot along the lines of what Joel Nero had said. You know, uh, street, street photography is personal. It's a, it's a personal exploration. It's a journey. It takes you to a particular place and time. And it's, it's a lot like having... It's like a lot like having a diary, you know, like the, the journey I'm on and like no one else is on. I'm taking photos for myself. I'm not taking for anybody else. Something comes from it and I'm going to be stoked. If some, nothing does, I spent, you know, years of my life creating something that's important to me. And I think that's like, that's something special. You know, I think there is a different place like documentary photography where that kind of intertwines into street photography. But, you know, it's it's really just a personal journey like out in the world and just experiencing life for what it is. You know, it doesn't have to be in a city. It doesn't have to be anywhere specific. It can be, it can really be anywhere, you know? Most definitely. I like it uh, again, cause I'm also a Joel Meyerowitz fan. So hearing, you know, <laughs> like-minded people say some things is always inspiring. So that's all the questions I have. Uh, I asked a lot of questions from you. So now is your opportunity to ask me some questions, if you like. If not, yeah. uh, then no, no, nothing personal. Cool. So I got, I feel like I, I can kind of figure it, figure it out, but I would love to ask, what are your thoughts about creating community within photography? Um, you know, obviously you have a podcast, so I feel like I know your thoughts, but I would love to know your thoughts on creating community. And then also, what are your thoughts about, like, do you prefer shoot by yourself or do you prefer shoot with others? Okay. Uh, so when you say community, 
what do you mean particularly? I just want to make sure I answered the question properly. You know, I mean, I think it can mean it, it can mean a lot. Like it's kind of open ended. Okay. Um, so for for me, like community. Um, when I first started, we had this thing called Mile High Photographers, right? It was mm-hmm. a whole bunch of photographers get together. We would, like, okay. um, like a group. Coffee shops. Yeah, a group of people. Group or club? Uh, I'm definitely all for it. Um, the problem that I, I've noticed when I try to start other things, uh, and I've tried some stuff locally uh, with some so-called street photographers in, in Okinawa where I'm at, uh, a lot of people don't take it serious the same as I do like I'm, I'm, I'm serious about this this is all I want to do right uh, you know they like to um, dedicate their time to say oh yeah I'll be there and they just don't show up you know um, yeah, I, I would and it's not so much frustrating for me uh, I just you know if you're serious about it be serious about it um, y- you don't need to beat around the bush you know if just be honest you know i'm just trying to create an honest community Uh, a lot of things i i notice people are scared to tell like honest opinions of other people's works um but that's something we need to hear as photographers or we'll never get better uh so honest i i want to build a community a community where everyone can voice their opinions no one gets offended um, they're serious about it, and, and it's just a, a, a passion for street photography, really. Um, and I said this in the first episode I recorded, you know, uh, this is Leica-centered, you know, it's based on people who shoot Leica, but not everyone can afford Leica, so if you can't, it's just really more of a community. Um, so, um, just more of togetherness, you know. Um, yeah. Unity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it always makes like a huge difference if you're like out in the world shooting alone versus like when you uh, when you meet a group of like people. Um, mm-hmm. Like out here in Denver, it was like, when I started. I I didn't know any photographer. I didn't think street photography existed in Denver. I was like, I guess I'm a lone wolf out here just <laughs> doing my own thing. And it was like you know there's. Um, it turns out there's a huge group of street photographers out here and like we got like our little Denver SPC kind of page going on and like it was a a complete game changer once like I started finding these people and um, you know they like invited me in the group and it was just like such a warm welcoming thing and I feel like um, it's a a rarity these days to actually find like a solid group of people and I guess a big reason I asked is like you know Denver Denver is missing that for um, you know, upwards of 10 years. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of cities miss that. A lot of photographers held everything like close to the chest and don't really share. And I think like, man, if like other cities and other people really were to take that time and create that community, like it's a, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. I would challenge you to, to start putting events together if that's what you want. I, I, again, like I said, uh, I felt the same way when I came to Okinawa, I thought I was going to be the only street photographer because when I was here the first time, I didn't know what street photography was. Uh, And then I went to England and I learned and I was shooting in London a lot. I met some great people. Uh, And then I come to Okinawa and the first street photographer I met was my first guest, uh, CJ Mendez, great street (laughs) photographer as well. Uh, And I was like, man, like 
street photography really is global. It's everywhere, even when you think it's not. And, you know, people interpret street photography differently, you know. So um, when I put together the little group here on island, like I said, it was people who claimed they were really serious about it, but they're really not. So, you know, like, oh, you know, we'll have this meet uh, and then everyone. Oh, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. And then no one shows up, you know. Uh, so really it doesn't hurt me any because you're not taking away from my photo, my photography, you know, I'm going to go out and shoot regardless. So, uh, yeah, just people be more serious if they want to be about it. If, if not, then it's not, but to go back to your second question, shooting alone or in groups, um, I like, I love shooting street photography when I'm shooting street photography, I block everything out. So it's kind of a two-way question because I'll be so focused on it. And if I'm walking with somebody, I don't pay them any attention. <laughs> and it's kind of messed up, right? Uh, but I'm just so focused. I don't want to miss my opportunity to take a really good photo. So I'll be walking in the street for one, two, three hours. And I could be with somebody and I'm like, oh, yeah. So you want to drink coffee? And then right back to taking photos, you know, taking pictures. Uh, yeah, so I do prefer taking pictures alone. I don't mind shooting in crowds, but what I learned is if the crowds are too big, then you just kind of mess up. You, you mess it up. People are going to be aware. People, everyone recognizes a camera. As soon as you raise that camera up, now your whole scene is completely, it's not completely ruined, but it changes the dynamic of catching more candid moments. Cause, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, there's definitely a skill to like large crowd shooting where like yeah. you can blend in and make it happen and mm -hmm. like I, I admire the crap out of people who do it but yeah it's uh it's a tough one yeah, yeah. I, I love walking with CJ I've walked with him a few times and uh, we, we, he he has a he just he's real fast you know we're walking mm -hmm. camera down uh, or I like we, we say low ready in, in the military because that's how we hold our, our rifles or whatever. So yeah, yeah. I like to call it holding the camera in the low ready position because you're, <laughs> you're low and you're ready. You see something, you, sh you can shoot. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, but I always keep I always bring it up to my eye just because I like to make sure it's composed properly. I'm not a, yeah, off, yeah. You know, a fire off the hip type of person. Uh, I just don't yeah. like the style for me. Like, it, I couldn't get used to it and it's just... If yeah. it's something that it takes a lot of skill and a lot of luck and uh, going back to Alan Schaller's I was watching a YouTube uh, I shake my head cause I'm, I, I have nothing nice to say so I'm not going to say nothing but that's what he was talking he was, he was walking and one of his because he, he recycles his images he, like, if you're famous he uses his images a lot you know, yeah, oh, yeah. that image you already explained that image a hundred times. Go out, take uh -huh. another one. And again, yeah. I have nothing nice to say. I'm not gonna say, but the image that I'm really referring to is that he was walking in Italy and he, he fired off the hip. But that's not for me. I, I don't like to do it. Um, so, in in those aspects, that's when it's easier to walk alone, just because um, yeah. you can time your camera pull, and, and there you go. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nice, nice. Anything else? Any questions? No, I mean, I think, yeah, man, it was a great conversation with you. I'm, I'm glad we were able to do this. So oh, yeah, I appreciate you up. pulling me on the podcast. So. Oh, no worries. Uh, again, you are more than welcome to be a guest anytime. 
we will, since we already did this interview style, if you're ever back, we'll just be casual conversation, talking. So, um, but yeah, thank you once again. This is Matthew Steffens. Uh, Instagram, that's on you. Oh, right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, uh, Matthew.Steffens, M-A-T-T-H-E-W dot S-T-E-A-F-F-E-N-S. Yeah, so. check them out. Yeah, right. Great body of work. Uh, and thank you for listening. And thank you for being here. So. Hey, no, thank you. I, it's been an honor. So thank you. Yep.